right now and maybe we just need to give you a moment to push on through with that anybody have that sense God's working in you this morning even here that you just need him to do something special something new yes anyone else anyone else yeah move keep moving among us finish the work that you've begun start the work that have been waited on so long their hands even acknowledging that before you God make yourself so so very real confirm in their own hearts and minds that this is you not just some feeling from a song but a savior reaching down and thank you Jesus At this time, the children may be dismissed to Children's Church. Aha, it is up there. And if you would turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verses, what we'll be doing, verses 4 through 6. Philippians chapter 4. And if you didn't get the sermon notes, you want to get those that are right over there uh, as you came in the door. There should still be plenty left, uh, or at least some left. Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, uh, there's something I need to do before, I said I needed to do before I preach this sermon this morning. I just got to remember what it is, although you'd think if it was important, I would be remembering it, right? I mean, okay, well, I got this here. Maybe this this might be it. I can get some. Uh, Jeff, come on out here. Help, help me out here. You'd be, yeah. You're going to have to do this, buddy. Okay, here. I think this is it. I think this is here. You grab one side and I grab the other. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Okay, here we go. Hey, you know, is that? 
we, we, we've got it. It, it. You know, but I don't know, Jeff. It just feels like maybe that wasn't the... I wasn't expecting such a small... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, and maybe it's because I'm not sure that's the thing I had to do right before I preached or not. You know, it doesn't seem like... There, seems like there should be something else. I mean, it was important. It was a priority. I, I, you know, I had that there. I thought that was it, but I don't think so. I think there's something else that I should be doing. Anybody got a clue? Oh, somebody mentioned prayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, the thing I should do first before I preach, actually before I prepare, actually before I even come here. In fact, before any of us are even here, Prayer should be the priority. But unfortunately, sometimes we get our priorities mixed up when we put up these banners of all kinds of things in our life and celebrate, and this is what it's about, when the reality is what makes a lasting difference is going to be prayer. In fact, prayer is, as we would say, our number two core value of our church, that prayer is the primary work of God's people. Not just primary importance in our attitudes, but it must be primary in our action or it's not a priority. Does that make sense? We must make prayer the priority. So let's pray. Father, we in many ways have been praying all morning in this and communicating, connecting with you. And we pray right now as we open up your word, that we open up our minds and our hearts to you and what you want to do. Lord, for each of those who are here today, there's going to be a wide spectrum of where people fall in relation to your message today. But we know this, that none of us have yet arrived. And we need you, Holy Spirit, to help us. One, to grasp us in the very depth of our soul, but more than that, not just in an attitude, but in an action. That we would have you put within us the desire to make prayer the priority that you would pour out upon us a spirit of supplication. And we thank you for what you're going to do here and beyond this day because of this. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. We must make prayer the priority. How? We begin with the first thing is we need prayer to be our first focus. We need prayer to be our first focus. As you look at Philippians chapter 4, there's, you know, you got the rejoicing and yet then you got uh, the whole thing that there's not good stuff happening. Don't be anxious about what? Anything. But by prayer, what? But in everything, prayer. Prayer, the priority. You see, in everything, pray. There's nothing that doesn't fit there. 
And it's not just about prayer. It's not just about worry. It's not about all this thing. The answer here, what is needed to be the first focus is in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We must pray. We must make that the priority. That's the thing. That's what's going on. Not you do this or talk to this person or go this way. This is insane. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then some amazing things happen. God tells us to focus first on prayer. Not only here, but in other places, like James in chapter 5. Is any one of you in trouble? What? Let them pray. You go beyond that. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Be continually, be joyful, always pray continually. It's a priority. It's something that's happened. It's the main thing. It just continues from what we've just talked about to see it here to Luke 18. Jesus tells them at the very end of that verse that you should always pray and not give up. Beyond that, First Chronicles, seeking his face always. And then that last verse there, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Each of those are just different ways of talking and saying prayer. Prayer needs to be a priority. Prayer first. First of all. First of all. I urge you that first of all, prayers take place. Prayer is not some new church growth technique. It's not some new program. God has been pushing prayer forever. Even setting the example of prayer as a priority through the life of Jesus. From Jesus focused on prayer. From the prayer at his baptism in Luke 3 to the prayer at the beginning of his ministry in Matthew 4 to be being busy all his days, people constantly pressing in on him, always having some pressures and all this kind of things to making sure that he had prayer be his first focus as he met with the Father each day. Mark 1 talks about that. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, it talks about how he would often withdraw to desolate places and pray. So many different examples Even the example that we read in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. He made those times in prayer with the Father first focused the priority. When he had a burden for people, what was going on? Like Matthew 9, he prayed. And so many other times that he prayed, it was his example. He, we see the examples of his prayers. Like in John 17, and even, even on the cross, Jesus prayed. Do you ever wonder why Jesus, the Son of God, The powerful, perfect one needed to pray so much? If he did, how much more do we need to make prayer a priority? How much more do we? 
For all that matters, Jesus didn't just begin the priority of prayer when he came upon this earth. For some reason, when we talk about him these days, we're forgetting. uh, We've lost what we used to talk about. We talk about Jesus and his earthly ministry, but we forget that Jesus has always existed, that Jesus is God and has always been and always will be, and that Jesus did not just, when he was on this earth, have a priority of prayer, but that Jesus has been and ever will be interceding for us at the throne, as we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 34. So when we make a decision, we've got to make a decision to make, uh, let's say there's a direction, whether it's big or small. Here's the question. What is our first focus? Do we pray first? Is prayer our priority? When we've got a problem, do we pray first? When we have a question that needs an answer, do we pray first? When we are uh, sick, do we pray first? Even before reaching for the medicine cabinet, do we pray first? When we have a project or an assignment, something that's due, something that's pressing upon us, do we pray first? When we've got family troubles or relationship problems, do we pray first? When we need help, do we pray first? When everything is going good, do we pray first about everything? Not just in the bad, but in the good. I say, well... You know, and it's good times we don't really need to pray about this thing over here. It's good. But if prayer is the priority, wouldn't we be praying about everything all the time? Which is exactly when we read in Philippians chapter 4. Remember? But in everything, everything by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Shouldn't we be praying not just about the things we can't handle, but everything? Most of us probably know or have gotten to the point somewhere in our life with some problem where we've come to the point where there's nothing we can do but pray, right? You get to that point where there's nothing we can do but pray. But how many of those times do we get to that point Because before that, we did everything but pray. How many times does prayer become the last resort because it was our first, because it was not our first resource? How many times? We don't have prayer as the priority because we don't see it as the most important thing. When push comes to shove, it's often prayer that gets shoved out of the way, in part because prayer is seen as something secondary, not primary. Prayer is a good activity. Prayer, though, is something for many believers that is just added in or added on when you've got the time, when you absolutely need it. Listen, prayer needs to stop being an accessory to our Christian life and become a necessity. Can I get a witness? There are those who have relegated a real praying to real Christians, you know, the ones who really, though, can't do other things. 
you know, the, those Christians that have gotten older, they're no longer able to do some things, whether it's physically, mentally, and all that kind of stuff that they used to do. But they can still pray. Those who are stronger can do the work. Wrong. Right? The work of the strong or the weak must be prayer. And let this be a lesson to those who are older saints who may not be able to do some of the things that you used to do in serving the Lord. Guess what? Now you can finally focus first on the main thing. Now you can finally focus first on the work that we probably should have been doing as our main priority all along, by which nothing else will get done except by prayer. Prayer is not the least that you can do. It is the most that you can do. And we need all hands together on this. In Philippians 4, it's saying that prayer, whenever, whatever's going on, especially in the anxiousness and worry or things that are going on, the first focus that's going to make a difference is prayer. Although we could just ask the question, you know, that it's a pretty popular question. Why pray when you can worry? You know, you, we've probably heard that one uh, And really what that's about is the opposite. When we're worrying is the opposite of trusting God. You see, prayer is not just some activity. It's a check mark. That's what you do. But it's what prayer is about. It shows where our focus really is. There there are those who would say, well, but, but, but pastor, I am not worrying about this thing. I do trust God. I'm not worrying about it. I'm good. But where do we go first? When needs come up, are we good? Are we good because we're dependent upon self, not the Savior? Are we good so we really don't need to pray first or pray at all? How many of us here would say that Jesus is Lord? Not just Jesus is Lord, but Jesus is your Lord, right? Jesus is your Lord. How many would say that you've surrendered your life to him? And by the way, if you have not, I encourage you to do that because that's the way to go instead of religion. To surrender completely to him. We would say that. All right, we say Jesus is our Lord. We've surrendered completely to him. Now, here's the question. Does our prayer life clearly say that as well? Does when and how we pray by our action communicate that Jesus is Lord of all? We say Jesus is Lord of all. Do our prayers say that? If we don't turn to him first for all, is Jesus really Lord of all? Is Jesus really the Lord, the Lord, if we can just handle it on our own, if we've got this. We can try to do it ourselves first. And it actually, there's a lot of things that we do and it seems like it works and it's all good. But can we really say that we're trusting God if we're not turning to Him? Prayer is not a priority in times like these because we think i don't really need to turn to god for this we're like little kids 
I can do it myself. It's pretty simple. I, it, it's a little bit of work, but it's no big deal. It's okay. I'm not worried about it. It reminds me of the little kid who, in, and I've had some experience in recent times, uh, it reminds me of the little kid who says, I can drink from a big person cup. You know, imagine this little toddler, right? I can drink from a big person cup. I don't need a cup with a lid. I'm not going to drink from that kitty cup, even though it has the exact same stuff that the adult cup has. I'm not going to drink from the kitty cup. I can handle it myself. Okay. And eventually, I mean, you'd think as the adult toddler, you, you would win, but, you know, okay. There's obviously no convincing you about you drinking from a big person cup. Here, let me help you. Oh, no, I can do it myself. And so the child takes a drink from the big person cup and handles it all over themselves, down their shirt, all over their pants, all over everything else, and starts to cry. Is this us and God at times? We got this. Sometimes defiant, sometimes just kind of ignorant. We really think we got this. But Jesus presents us a reason of why we need to pray. First, in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. So what Jesus is saying is, you do not got this. I'm not sure we really grasp that apart from Jesus, there is nothing we can handle ourselves. But we ignore verses like this and we interpret what the Bible says to be something different. The verses that we're going off of are like the verses from the first book of Joe, 1, 2, 3, 4. Have you read that one? The first book of Joe, 1, 2, 3, 4. Apart from me, you cannot do the big hard things in life, but in most other things in life, God helps those who help themselves. By the way, the next part of that verse goes on to say, actually, some things he doesn't even need to help us, so don't bother him with the small stuff by praying and expecting an answer. That's the verse that some people are going off of. You know, there really isn't such a thing as first book of Joe. Don't look for it. You know what that is, though? That is good, old, rugged, individualistic religion from America. That's what that is. That's not what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Add to the fact that to God, it's all small stuff. And so this whole argument, like we don't have to pray about the small stuff. We only pray about the big stuff. To God, it's all small stuff. We need to pray. And prayer to be our first focus, the priority of not just what we do, but what the church does. And yet, and if someone's going to, if someone's actually paying attention right now, you've got to be thinking, well, wait a minute, I thought reaching the lost, the Great Commission was the first work. And I suppose we could call that the number one work. In fact, that our number one core value is that lost people, that 
lost people matter to God, he wants them found. But the first focus that needs to take place, even before that about lost people who need to be found, the first focus that needs to take place before that, if we're going to stand any chance of actually reaching someone, is that we need to pray first. The number one work of bringing people to Christ is only going to happen truly when we engage in the first work of bringing people before Christ on our knees in prayer. Because ultimately we are not just intellectually trying to convince somebody in their heads about who Jesus is. It is a spiritual work in the heart that involves a spiritual battle with the spiritual enemy who does not want to get let go a work that can only happen in the spiritual realm and only what God can do. And therefore, it can only happen through spiritual work, which is prayer. Yes, we have a role. Yes, we have a responsibility. But it's not happening apart from prayer and God working. Prayer must be the priority, our first focus. And that includes what we've talked about in our vision and a vision of a valley that will change the world, saturating and spreading the good news and the presence of God to our neighborhood, to our Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. It only happens through prayer. It's not just that prayer needs to, prayer must be the priority. And yet there are good people in churches everywhere that just don't get this. Not because they're the ones in the churches who don't care about anything beyond their own personal religious cruise ship experience where as long as their needs are met, that's all that counts. Now I'm talking about Christians who do care very much about others. But in their desire to do something, it ends up being more human work for God than divine work with God and what He can do. It's not that these Christians don't believe that prayer is important and that God answers prayer. They do believe all that. They just think that we need to pray and then get out there and do it. Let's not waste so much time in prayer, which is really saying prayer is not the primary priority. In many ways, we can think prayer is the first thing. Yeah, it's the first thing. Yeah, Pastor, but that's just something that we check off. So we check off a list before we go do what God really wants us to do. Perhaps we don't see the priority of prayer as a primary work because we've never seen prayer primarily work. And for this reason, we've missed seeing God move in amazing and miraculous ways. And so we settle for only what we can do for God, not what God can really do. Somebody says, after all, we are His hands and His feet, right? We have a responsibility, yes, to work for the night is coming, but we can misunderstand that phrase saying that we are His hands and we are His feet. Because what that often means to people is we are Jesus' hands and feet here on earth because Jesus can't be here. No. He is here. And not just through us. Jesus is the omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient God who is intimately involved in the affairs of man through the prayers of his people. Jesus reigns. Can I get a witness? 
which is why we need prayer first to work if anything else is going to work. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing, especially in the spiritual things that require spiritual power. No matter how hard we work at serving the Lord in our humanness, nothing significant and lasting happens outside of prayer. This does not mean that the other things and other ways that we serve the Lord aren't important or don't count. It's good, but it's not always necessarily God. There is a whole other level beyond the earthly good that Christians do. And so often the world around us has not seen it. Rather, they've only seen what good Christians can do, what churches can do, and not truly seeing what Christ can do. We're out there doing it in Jesus' name, but all too often not in Jesus' power. In fact, too often, Jesus is just along for the ride in the Christian work van, but he's not driving. So we say, yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, we did pray. Someone says, you know, right before we started up the work van. We prayed, and then we drove off without him. And this is where we miss it. Asking God to bless what we're doing for him. When will we get to the point where we recognize our helplessness without his presence going with us and in us? Not asking his blessing on what we're going to do. We need to pray before, during, and after that God would not only go beside us, but that he would go before us, he would lead us and go behind us and bring about his results, his fruit. But, 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 but somebody says, Pastor, you know, we're not helpless. We can still do something. Yes, we can make things happen, even things that God would want. But only God can bring about God results. And we're missing it and the world is missing that. Does God want to use us? Yes. First and foremost, he wants to use us in prayer. If we knew that if we could ask God for anything that we would get it, 100% guaranteed, would we still try to do it ourselves first? Does that even make any sense? We knew we could ask and God's going to give it 100%. Now, you know what? I know he's going to do it if I ask, but I'm going to try myself first. And yet that's the way we do in our work for God so many times. Instead of praying first, trusting God for the answer. Perhaps one of the reasons that we have a struggle with this is that we have more confidence in ourselves to get her done than we do the Savior. There is a man in the Christian Missionary Alliance, actually in Western PA, called E.D. Whiteside. Uh, he founded the Allegheny Center Church. Some of you have heard of down in the, at Pittsburgh. A remarkable man, evangelist, uh, scour the streets, reaching people. Uh, this Daddy Whiteside did more than just in Pittsburgh, though. He was a strategist, an apostle, if you were, as, as Pennsylvania. He spread... A lot of the churches in Western PA, especially from Pittsburgh and around that area and up, even in one of the churches I was at, were a part of what this Daddy Whiteside did in trying to train and get men and women uh, to blanket the whole region with Alliance churches. 
Even today, there are more CMA churches in western Pennsylvania than in any other area of the country, untracing their origins back to him, to this man who was called the praying man of Pittsburgh. This story of his power, uh, of, about the power and the vitality, are legendary. His characteristic response, whenever anyone came to him with a problem, well, now, he'd say, let's take that to the Father. One of the things we think about prayer being not just a priority, but that first and remembering and through this. At one point in his ministry, Whiteside and his wife purchased a home in a strategic area. The idea is that they would live in the home, but build an addition on the front of the house to serve as a chapel for a new church. The plans for the addition were drawn and the architect was paid. But a neighbor objected, saying the new addition would block the view from his home. Now, characteristically, Whiteside took the problem to the Father. As he prayed on his knees in the upstairs room, he felt God telling him to go downstairs. You know, really connecting with God in prayer. This is not just what we're talking about. It's not just a prayer that, you know, okay, well, I prayed and I asked God, checked off. As he prayed on his knees in the upstairs room, he felt God telling him to go downstairs. He went down the stairs. Then God said, go outside. He went outside. Turn left. Walk down this street. Whiteside walked for several blocks and felt the voice within him say, turn here. He did and was confronted with a newly constructed meeting hall and a sign that said for rent. And for $60 a month, God provided a place for the new church to begin. Instead of all that other stuff, it was easier when you make prayer a priority. God does move and work in ways that only He can. We need prayer to be our first work, not just our first focus. Because when we say it's our first focus, we can misunderstand. Prayer becomes something we just do before we start work or ministry prayer is is not something to help with the work prayer is the work prayer needs to be the first work prayer is the work that everyone can do no matter how long you've been a christian no matter how strong you may feel you are as a christian it doesn't matter whether you're a retired adult a teenager or a little child as the old phrase goes We are all the same size to God when we're on our knees. Teens and children do not have to wait until they grow up to make a difference. In a number of ways, especially changing the world through prayer. Because it's not about their size, it's about the size of their God. The priority of prayer, the first work, even above all other things was something that was even caught by the disciples that Jesus was showing. In Luke chapter 11, in verse 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them to what? Pray. To them, this was what was important. This was the priority. They didn't ask Jesus to teach them other things. Jesus was doing all kinds of things. They didn't ask uh, Jesus, teach us to do miracles. 
teach us to heal the sick. Teach us to walk on water. Hey, Jesus, teach us to teach with authority. Hey, Jesus, teach us to stand up to those hypocrites. Jesus, teach us to understand things about the word of God that we don't know yet. Let's be honest. In our churches, there are those, if pressed, would say that Bible study and fellowship are more important priorities than prayer. But the first and only work that the disciples who spent time with Jesus asked about was prayer. Prayer like Jesus. Everything else was secondary. And unfortunately, all too often, prayer is secondary. We say prayer is important. But all too often, it's just, we don't have the time. We know it is. We know what we want to do. But we just don't have the time. We're just too busy to pray. But if you have no time for prayer, then prayer is not a priority. It doesn't matter what words come out of our mouth. Our action is that prayer is obviously not a priority. We have no time. And as we think through the scriptures that we've looked at today and even other things, the truth is we are just too busy not to pray. This prayer is the first work of the church. It's something that we cannot just do privately. It's something we must do together in large and small groups. It's something special about that when we get together, when God's people get together, like in Matthew chapter 18, where he talks about if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for it, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. There's something about that. Praying together. Now understand, it's not that personal prayer is not important, but when you look at the mighty moves of God throughout history, they have taken place when God's people have prayed together. The importance of corporate prayer was evident, obviously, to Jesus as he told his disciples after the resurrection. They needed to wait together and pray for power to be able to do the work of witnessing to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. He didn't just tell them, yeah, he told them to go be a witness. But first, before you're a witness, you got to pray. You got to wait and pray. As in chapter 1 of Acts, in chapter 2 of Acts, the Holy Spirit fell then. Not upon separate individuals in separate places, but the Holy Spirit of God fell upon a prayer meeting. Pentecost power was poured out on the church gathered together. And apparently not upon all Christians everywhere in their homes, everywhere at that exact time. It only, he only was poured out upon the church gathered together. Because later on the disciples ran across Christians, believers in Christ, who said, we've not heard of the Holy Spirit, or we have not experienced this feeling of the Holy Spirit. They did not know it, but it came at Pentecost when the church was gathered together. Yeah, but but pastor, people don't like prayer meetings. They they just don't feel like they get anything out of it. Exactly, yeah. It's not supposed to be something you get out of it. Well, but, but people really like prayer, getting together for prayer because it's too much like work. Exactly. Yes, it's supposed to be work. Yes, it is. 
the things that are a priority in our life are going to cost us something. What results do we really expect from a prayer that costs us little or nothing? Now, and we've got to balance this and make sure you understand as we're talking about prayer. It's not that prayer works. It's that God works in response to prayer. It's not always easy, and at times, it's work. And it's not just work we're meant to do on our own. And I encourage you to connect with others in prayer. Get a prayer partner if you don't have one already. A prayer partner or two. And it may be that some of you in your home, in your family, have those that you pray with regularly. But I encourage you to go beyond that, outside. Obviously, men with men, women with women. And prayer partner, to have somebody to be accountable to as we are listening and talking with God. Jump in on this 40 days of prayer. Even now, get on that church center uh, app whether on your phone or on the computer interact with others that we've got that going it not only keeps you going but helps others there are other things like the online uh, prayer gatherings through the cma each week uh, at noon in fact throughout the year we want to continue to be consistent of pressing in god's presence together and so beyond this 40 days of prayer there'll be something else we'll do and something else we want to encourage us to, to really continue in some kind of joint devotional kind of ways. When we think about the major tasks that are before us, why not just prayer, but to fast and pray. And for those who are able even to take Wednesdays, uh, if it's nothing else, the Wednesday lunch hour to fast and pray. We have so many opportunities to participate in the priority of prayer individually and corporately together. Uh, We've got lists of, of people to pray with in the newsletter, and there is a whole other prayer list that's available. We've got a prayer chain. Obviously, there's a prayer group that meets on Wednesday night, the Sunday morning prayer discipleship group, the special nights of prayer each month, the special Sunday services quarterly. They have a focus on prayer. In fact, we have that special prayer and praise night I mentioned earlier this morning, Wednesday, uh, January 26th at 6.30 right here. There's an opportunity to pray in our, our ministry, in our fellowship groups, even in our three-by-threes, to emphasize the priority of prayer by practicing it together as what we do. Now, with all this said, it, it, let it be noted that there are many, many of you who are praying on your own, in your homes, every day, sacrificing time, not just to pray for yourself and your needs, but to pray for God's kingdom needs, to pray for God's church here at OCCA and the ministry, the leaders for me. It is happening. Prayer is happening, and it is good. Even corporately, more and more opportunities. But we have not arrived yet to be called a house of prayer. We'll talk more about that in a few weeks from now. And the need for the passion of prayer, not just the priority. But let's press in in our efforts to press into the presence of God as our first work. In a lot of what we've talked about this morning, let's go back to you know, the priority of what needs to happen before, not just the message, but before we even walk in here. If we press into the presence as our first work before we came here this morning, not just some religious motion that we went through, but before this worship service, did we talk with, did we meet with God? Has prayer been the priority even throughout the week? 
What difference do you think it would make if each and every one of us came here prayed up first? What if we were already plugged into the constant power of God by making prayer a priority? If we came to this time here on Sunday morning already ablaze for God, not trying to get a little spark for ourselves, but already ablaze for God. And then we are putting together ourselves, our each of our logs together on a fire and creating incredible heat and light for the kingdom of God. All because it's about what God has done in us, not what we do for God. You know, these last couple years have been difficult for many. Many of you have pressed in closer to God. It's been good. It's, it's forced you to press in closer, but I also recognize that there are those who it's been so easy to be knocked off course. Not just with COVID and all. There's so many other things that have gone on. Now, these past couple years, some have just kind of drifted farther away from the fire of God. You become colder. And unfortunately for some, colder than you can remember being for some time. Revelation chapter 2, in verse 2, says, I know your deeds, Jesus says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and had found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and not grow weary. All good stuff. But Jesus goes on in verse 4 and he says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Do the things you did at first. And for many of us, we know prayer was more of a priority in another time in our life than it is now. We need to get back to that. Not only to our first love, but to our first work. Invite the worship team to come up. As they lead us in this closing song, maybe your response to all of this is, is that not just in our heads make an attitude adjustment and say yes but in an action a stepping out in prayer maybe you need to come whether it's to this the front here in a sense of an altar between you and god or if you can't kneel to the uh front row there or maybe just right where you're at turning around getting on your knees before god and make a commitment to let our first focus, our first work, make prayer the priority once again for you and for us as a church. Father, help us in this. Because even as we talk about this and making prayer the priority, we remember your word, Jesus, says, apart from you we can do nothing. So we can't even do this without you. Help us now. 